Welcome to Dark Side of the Moon. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tooley. We got Karen Mack in the back, and this is Dark Side of the Moon. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, no, we're back and we're going back to the start, but we didn't go back to the start alone. We brought a guest along with us and this time we brought a uh, uh, fantasy author, uh, Ben Galley. Uh, ben, go tell the folks well, who you are, what you do and why you come here. Hey guys, yeah, great to be on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm Ben Galley. I'm a fantasy author, uh, currently living in Victoria, Canada. Uh, yeah, I'm the author of currently, was it 15 fantasy books, uh, ranging from uh, well, a couple of series, basically anything from Norse fantasy through uh, Weird West, uh, alternate history, uh, Egyptian mythology fantasy, and uh, yeah, a range of different stuff in between. So, hard work yeah, been it for about. <laughs> that, yeah it's been a long time as well hard work a lot of time and uh yeah some luck along the way <laughs> as it always happens uh but yeah 10 years now roughly i've been working on this <laughs> jesus so you're, um, you're what finney's <laughs> pretending to be uh, uh, pretend to be trying to be you know <laughs> i'm like i'm going to tanz and mr ripium yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey Ben, do you want to go on holiday in Rome? Do not go on holiday in Rome. I just come back, my hair is completely different. I'm like, call me Benjamin. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> weird West is that a genre? Is that because it sounds like it probably is mm. Weird West? I yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope so as well. Now that I've yeah, said yeah, it, yeah. I've been calling yeah. my books like... Weird West, and if no yeah. one knows it, yeah, that's uh, Western fantasy, Weird West. I mean, I think yeah, they kind of. I like it. I like that. Just like the sound of it. I can see myself using it, claiming it. <laughs> Noah's entire series, the Weird West series by Noah John Dewey. Weird West, original concept. <laughs> Coined completely by Noah John. Purge this recording. <laughs> this episode, delete, delete, delete. It's like every time Ben mentions Weird West, every time Ben mentions Weird West, it just like bleeps out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like, it. yeah, <laughs> I wrote books in a beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, folks, you can't say the this. N-word. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, okay. Why are we here today, Ben? So, uh, Ben, we brought you back. As I said, we mentioned we're going back to the start. Over in the, here on Dark Side of the Moon, we cover a lot of Marvel content. And what I meant by going back to the start, we went back to the start of the MCU. We're, we're starting this new series. We're hoping to get a lot of cool people on, such as yourself, to talk about the first phase of the MCU, mm. starting back eight, all the way in 2008, so long ago now, like 13 years being with us. Yeah. And, and, and no better place to start, obviously, at the beginning was with Iron Man. And um, Ben, when, you, when Iron Man initially came out first of all are you a big fan of the comic books and then when it came out initially were you excited to hear about it and did you have any high expectations going in I mean, yeah, I was over the moon. I've always been quite a cinephile. So, I mean, I'm always like one of these people that's like watching trailers like 10 times over and be like, oh, did you see this bit and that bit? And like, oh, that's, oh my God. In the top so, left corner. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. What is that symbol in the background? I'm like, oh, in the way. In hands. Yeah. Oh, in hands. Just like zooming that's in on it. the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Sorry, I, I talked over you there. I had... dropped the bread and I was just the one who'd listen, like, or just asking anyone who'd listen. Oh, no worries. Uh, no worries if I forgot a delay. I can always, uh, yeah, repeat anything. Um, but yeah, I just remember that trailer coming out and just being obsessed with it, telling anyone who'd listen about it, and uh, yeah, being really excited to see it in the cinema. So um, it came from, I think, 
basically the uh, original cartoon that came out in the, I want to say, late 90s, early noughties. Uh, and I've just religiously watched that. So Iron Man has always been one of my favorite characters from the Marvel Universe, um, as well as yeah, Spider-Man. It's got to be one of those <laughs> as yeah, well. Same. Yeah. Exactly uh, I grew up with uh, yeah a lot of the comics as well. Uh, <laughs> stole one from my mate back, <laughs> back in primary school, and then just got obsessed with it. Repurposed it. To him. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, repackaged it and gave it as a Christmas gift. Be like, <laughs> oh, do, um, do live up to rewatching? Do you think, dude? I we, we think I got the same DVDs, uh, The Ring One and Two. I got them one year for my sister for Christmas, and the following year she got me a pair of DVDs. And she got me the ring part one and two again. <laughs> and literally the first set had laid on my shelf unopened for a year. <laughs> I was like, she really likes these movies, I guess. <laughs> um, but Ben, you said you're a fantasy author. And um, did uh, mm. when, when you grew up reading comic books, did any of that kind of bleed into your works, do you feel? Or, or uh, lead you down the path even? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, obviously the stories are inherent to the comic uh, and the you know, graphic novel world, uh, you know, not just the art. It's great if we get the extra layer of art, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they come, come in tandem. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, the, the stories that are told in there, you know, kind of the anti-hero, uh, the hero struggle, uh, having a wide range of characters and telling it from multi-POVs as well. I really enjoyed that about, you know, a lot of different comics. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the darkness <laughs> as well that some of the comics go to through yeah. their emotional stories struggle or you know when you get outside um you know marvel and go to things like uh, 300 watchmen stuff like that it's uh brutal <laughs> which i yeah, love as kind yeah. of a more of a dark and grim fantasy author and so yeah it taught me a lot i think it's definitely one of the mediums that um uh kind of instilled this i would say uh, thirst for creativity or just this obsession <laughs> with creativity yeah. and yeah and telling stories so yeah definitely and it's a short form of telling stories comics it was like 22 pages with pictures mm, there wasn't an awful lot of words but they could they had a start middle and ending i think it was good exactly for, for if you want when you're writing stories yourself it was a very short form 101 of how to do mm. it yeah it teaches a structure teaches a structure Absolutely. even when you don't know it is even though it's not like a teacher standing over you mm. telling you i think it just and, and it teaches you structure and how to be concise in mm. storytelling i find too do you know like an, mm. a kind of onomatopoeic type storytelling where you use a lot of like uh, like bang 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 because you'll see that yeah. in a comic book you know and when i write i find that like i use a lot of like if you're trying to describe mm. stuff i find that i use those onomatopoeic words the drip 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 for water bang bang flash whatever mm. and the pop and stuff and you're describing stuff and i think a lot of that comes from comic books oh yeah when you see that written on the page and it leaves that last the impression in you. batman with all the yeah, Kapow, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a weirdest of... ones as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. the weirdest words they use, like, I don't know, slapash. <laughs> my my favourite will always be uh, Captain America throws his shield at a, a robot in a 60s comic and it said wank. Honest to God, big red letters, it just said wank. Wank. <laughs> Every time I throw I something, mean, no, I'm just going to shout that. Yeah, on, a, on that kind of level, it's kind of like it does, you could imagine taking a lot of the meaning from it. It does sound kind of on a metal in terms of something metallic hitting another so metallic, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah because it reminds you of clanking or something yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wank up yeah. always been my favorite could you imagine in the movies of captain america steve rogers like chris evans 
every time he throws the shield, he's like, wank, <laughs> wank. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. They would have made as, as much of the box office. <laughs> no, no. There's no, no. <laughs> quite a lot it's of a money they put into Iron Man as well. It was all yeah, 140 million. million. But considering it didn't have like 25 films behind mm. it, that was, they rolled the dice on that. Like. Yeah, it was exactly. a big, mo- it was a big moment for Marvel um, because this is, pre-MCU this is like this is the MCU in its embryonic stage where you had mm. such an important pivotal moment for Marvel what they really needed to do is to convey their message correctly uh, gather a new audience as well as retain the old audience but also mm. cast the right people in the right roles and they did that and that was mm-hmm. Kevin Feige came in he replaced Avi Arad at the time and he was to lead Marvel Studios and Avi Arad who had a big uh, say in who the cast was and his bit, first decision was let's keep Robert Downey Jr let's use Robert Downey Jr as Tony Stark and I think yeah. because of all those brave decisions at the start, maybe a lot of luck, you know, because of the way people uh, uh, took the, the source material and took this new iteration of it to heart very quickly. But I think like Marvel at that time had to make some brave decisions and every one of them seemed to pay off the 140 million yeah. budget, you know, the yeah. tone of the movie, getting John Favreau, who had directed barely anything at the time to come mm. in and be the lead director, to be the stalwart of your universe. And yeah, it's such an important time. Right yeah, he, like, yeah, he's just like a godsend, isn't he? Like John Favreau, like he just makes the best stuff. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> he, just, he just gets it. You know, it's like I watched the making of the elf recently and he just got that it had to be a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's very cool. It could be whatever else it had to be, but at its very core, it had to be a Christmas movie, and he just gets what movies need to be. And I think that's why he was such a good fit for Iron Man at that time. He just got what the MCU was going to be, and he got what mm. uh, Iron Man needed to be at the same time, you know? Mm, absolutely. I mean, because it was Marvel's first self funded film, wasn't it? In terms yeah. of, uh, you know, what they were going to do. And even though there was a bit in, was it The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton that kind of, there's a bit in it, it was the first end cut scene, wasn't it? I think? Yeah. Am I right? The second, the, the second. Uh, in the Tony bar. Stark with Tony Stark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> with uh, Thunderbolt Drunk at the bar. Sadius, well, I can't, Ross, Thaddeus Ross. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just that. I mean, I remember seeing that and being like, well, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Okay you've got my attention and then yeah i think you're absolutely right they made the right decision uh, on both producer and director and i think also the I, I mean i read something a little while ago that i hope it's true it's on imdb as in yeah i haven't done a lot of research but i read it somewhere um that you know it was uh, a choice of john favreau to have robert downey jr um or part of the the reason behind the choice was the fact that obviously tony tony robert uh <laughs> Mr. Downey Jr. had um, basically lived his entire life in the kind of uh, you know public arena already, you know ups and downs, and uh, was kind of used to that sort of I wouldn't say like billionaire lifestyle, but in terms of that kind of Playboy yeah, yeah. lifestyle. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because I, I think I mean Tony's a perfect Iron Man. Tony, Robert. Even in the now. opening scene, before he does anything Iron Man, he's just a dude with a drink in the back of the car with some soldiers. Yeah. I loved him straight away. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. Away. The flawed hero. Because you said anti-hero, and you're right. You see, he's not. So mm. I will, maybe not as far as anti-hero, but he's he's not. Like, no, you're He's not. Right, the, yeah. He's not Superman. Very human or Captain hero. America. Yeah, he's very mm. human. He's got like he's obviously a little bit too fond of the drink he's you know he's mm. too fond of the like, too fond of the ladies and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But, a, but a hero <laughs> at the core like, yeah. you know and but str- i remember just straight away going yeah yeah th- th- this this feels right just straight away great, yeah and I've, even though <laughs> there's been some great castings since i i don't think i've ever seen that top mm-hmm. you don't. the closest to it is probably chris evans and steve rogers heat ledger is well, bad so. joker mm. well he uh, oh, oh, absolutely 
I was talking about in the MCU. In the MCU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, like, no, I was like, here's the rules. I'm changing them. to DC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quickly peeking through the DC window. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, uh, like the way that Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony, or at least the way that the character of Tony Stark is portrayed in, I think, this movie and in the MCU later on is, you know, first meet him, he's like Playboy, doesn't really, you know, give a shit it's cavalier um obviously he just has incredible wealth to do whatever he wants and it's almost like he's a he's never really grown up yeah um, and he's also got a lot of regret behind his family and obviously his mother as well who he didn't have a chance to technically say goodbye to um obviously comes back in civil war etc uh, spoilers um <laughs> <laughs> parents are both called um, martha that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that reference in Deadpool too, as well. I that uh, skipping somewhere else in the MCU, and it's just like we'll find out both our parents have the same name. <laughs> so <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> but yeah, you see, I mean, I literally watched Iron Man again this morning, probably for the fiftieth time since two thousand eight, mm. maybe a hundredth. I don't know. So and uh, yeah, you just see a lot of regret in Tony Stark. I mean, f- first in the cave and seeing what his weapons have done, but obviously yes. overall regret in terms of you know not having the power to save his father despite being the most intelligent world the da vinci of you know the time uh, uh, don't be then, ridiculous yeah. he doesn't paint ben i think he prefers yeah, the merchant right. of death it was that whole, like, it. despite despite how intelligent he is we're talking like literally his superpower is his intelligence his intelligence will, mm. we will be able to put it on a scale in real world terms um and all of this was happening under his nose Mm, so just showed exactly. that, uh, despite how flawed he was there was just like oh fuck this he really so naive like, not this too. not this not yeah. this much murder like just need in that moment though when he sees what his weapons are being used for and how the, uh, his company is behaving that he realizes how naive he is like yeah. he understood mm. that he was this brilliant man this playboy uh, philanthropist or whatever but in that moment i think he understands that oh, actually i'm really naive i've been living in a bubble the real world's been going on i think i'm a part of it but i'm not i'm separated from it and this is what the real world is doing these are the real consequences of my weapons and my technology and my brilliance that i wanted to protect the americans uh the american military but like instead mm. i am in a sense a war criminal because my technology yeah. is being used in enemy hands and it's been used to kill americans uh soldiers who he swore to protect and that's what mm. i love about that scene it just teaches tony what the real world really is because when you're it's kind of like elon musk i'm sure he thinks he has an idea <laughs> of what the real world is but oh, he yeah, doesn't yeah. even understand what existence is anymore because no, he'd be no, living in a different plane of it yeah, you know he's he's, a he's gone off the deep end <laughs> Yeah. He's like the Michael yeah. Jackson of, of like eccentric billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? But what did you th- did you think Jeff Bridges I remember watching this as kind of like Jeff Bridges was the dude. Mm. Uh you know, from the big Lebowski. I'm a card I was like card carrying dude as priest over here. Thank you yeah. very much. And he you couldn't imagine him as a bad guy. And not a bad guy, bad guy, like a proper piece of shit. Like you know, industrious man. The bottom line is all that matters. Ironmonger's yeah. Tony. He was great. He was absolutely brilliant in the role. There was no weak. There was no weakness in this role. The only weakness was maybe mm. what's the name of Terence Howard? Is it? But Terence Howard's yeah, incredible. Negotiation tactics. Oh, he's a good, oh yeah. <laughs> probably left something to me. Yeah, Don Cheadle in the background. He's too yeah, easy. I, yeah, I think that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that you're absolutely right on that because it was an interesting change. You got to Iron Man too, and you're like, right. Okay, they changed that actor, but why? And I had the story of asking for more money and it didn't sit well, but I don't know again how true that I is. Think he wanted, I think he wanted as much money today. as I think he wanted as much money as Robert Downey Jr. More money than Robert Downey Jr. More. Yeah, because at the time oh, really? Terrence Howard okay. initially been or had recently been nominated for an Oscar for Hustle and Flow. 
So his mm. uh, star was very, very, uh, it was very much on the right. His stocks are, he stinks. Yeah. <laughs> you see that lane. But uh, yeah, he's very much on yeah. the rise at the time. And he was on the back of being nominated for an Oscar. I think it might have been pre-Iron Man 1 or in between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. But he was on the back mm. of being nominated for an Oscar in and around that time. So I think that's what he felt. His worth was at its highest. And Robert Downey Jr. coming back from the tumultuous period in his career, he probably felt, well, if Robert Downey Jr. is after coming from his lowest and I'm coming mm. from my highest, maybe we should be at least on a par. Yeah. You mm. know what I mean? I don't know. It's, I it's an Iron Man it. movie. Mm. It's an Iron Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a good chance that, like, Christian Bale yeah. met the bank on Batman and there's a good Hugh Jackman met it on Wolverine. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's, his name's on the poster. Yeah. He, I think he overplayed his hand, but he was great in the film. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's a pity that he, you know, like that scene where he, he looks at one of the suits and he goes, next time. Next time, baby. Yeah. Next time, baby. And it just lines know. that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so soul destroying every time you see it. He's like, there's no going to be a next time for you, Darren Tower. It's very true. <laughs> um, ben, you touched on Iron Man 2. Um, I won't jump off Iron Man, but what did you make of Don Cheadle's casting um, uh, to replace Terrence Howard as James uh, Rody Rhodes? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think Terrence Howard's a fantastic actor. I really enjoy him in a lot of films, including Hustle and Flow. Crash is mm. one of my favorites as well. Great movie. Uh, I think he plays a great role in that. Um, and yeah, well-deserving of that Oscar. I, there's something about the difference, though, once you saw Don Cheadle's performance. And I think it's not necessary acting skill or anything like that. I think it's just how they chose to play the role. Yeah. And I think there's a bit more... I don't know of kind of a, a harder attitude maybe to Don Cheadle's uh, roles. More stoic, than, like yeah, stoic. I'd say kind of stern. He kind of takes less of uh, Tony's shit as well. Yeah, he does. He does uh, have a military it, man thing, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Terrence Howard's more playful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he seemed more yeah. like he would be Tony Stark's best friend. Yes, actually, that's a good. You movie. know that kind of way. To me, Terrence Howard Cheadle defeats it. Felt like a guy who could work with Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it kind of felt more like of a they met after the relationship. Point. Yeah, exactly. This, it kind of felt like they met after he'd become Iron Man and he was his mm. attache or liaison for the military <laughs> government. Yeah, yeah. Osna, like it didn't seem like they had, whereas Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Jr. Felt, I felt they had flawless chemistry. Like the part mm. in the plane where he's like, no, Tony, we're here to work. And then they do a cut scene and the two guys are locked drunk <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and the yeah. women are dancing and stuff. You know, I just couldn't right, imagine Don Cheadle in yeah. that role. No, that's it. It's more of the military background. You can see, I mean, I know obviously both characters had like service, but you can see more of, I don't know, like a desk job the way that I think the, yeah. the first yeah. uh, Rhodes is play- portrayed. And I think that's not a bad choice at all because obviously it's kind of, you know, his job is flying around with Tony Stark. Um, so yeah, I just think it is great. But yeah, I prefer obviously, you know, Don Cheadle smashed it in terms of the choice. And then obviously yeah. he's in the rest of the, the films and just does a fantastic job. But he gets Especially to settle in, into um, it then. He's in, he's in yeah. it over years. He gets to settle yeah, I still think Terrence Howard's a better yeah. roadie though. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know actually. To be honest with you, I'll I just fight you right now. No, I just think the <laughs> actors, one of those were, and you know he never got a standalone film. Yeah, you know he was mm-hmm. he was an important kind of player, but he never got a standalone. So yeah. it's 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 a little. It could be up for debate. No, I, I mm. think like uh, with what the screen time they've had and what they've done with it, I think Terrence Howard still leaves a more of a lasting impression in the role. I get you. Because yeah. like even when I go back to it, you're kind of disappointed when you see that scene you mentioned, Next Time Baby. Yeah. And you're not disappointed because James Roddy Rhodes never came back. You're disappointed because Terrence Howard's portrayal of that character never came back. Yeah, it was good. Like, yeah. yeah, there was you chemistry know. and he, like you said, he was playful, but that, uh, that's mm. not really what he is in the comics. Yeah. In the comics, he is actually like very much so the guy with the mission who yeah. has an Iron Man suit, while Iron Man is the guy, the loose cannon who has the Iron the Man Maverick. suit, you know. Um, but Absolutely. I, 
what Gwyneth Paltrow played Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she played a flawless piece because she <laughs> yeah. is Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she's got she's yeah. got such great um, uh, charisma. Though. She's not a charm, though, doesn't she? Like, she does. Role. She does. She plays yeah. off the Robert Downey Jr. brilliantly, and I think. Yeah. Because mm. she has quite, I think you know, cause she's quite a strong character in the fact that she's quite, you know, even though Tony is this yeah billionaire playboy, she's kind of very reserved and away from it, and just kind of like mm-hmm, this is still a job. I'm very professional about yeah, she's it. She's the one who keeps and, it linear. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and I think it's you know quite it's quite a testament to her acting skills as well. Because I mean, um, uh, I mean, I found out kind of it's what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, because <laughs> I found out that it was the uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s approach for it, and obviously the filming schedule. Uh, there weren't many rehearsals, and a lot of it was kind of you know without a script, so a lot of it was ad libbed on his part. Which uh, I think Jeff Bridges and Gwyneth Paltrow yeah, have reported saying like it was a bit difficult because they didn't know what he was going to say. Uh, <laughs> but they just you know both got into it, and they, obviously you know, they both really act you know incredibly with you know uh, whichever lines the <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is coming up with at the time. And yeah, it's really cool. I think yeah, they're both great characters. Both cast really, really well, um, and yeah, I, it's, I think he, they do the. I don't know if we're jumping forward a little bit and <laughs> spoilers again. Oh, you can do all over the place. The film's thirteen years out. I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. Good. yeah, true. If they haven't seen it on them, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously the switch from you know best friend and kind of sort of somewhat mentor to villain as well. You know, the mm-hmm. classic trope, great fun. Um, Over the I think yeah. Exactly. I think, yeah, Jeff Bridges plays, yeah, Obadiah Stane and, um, and Ironmonger really, really well. And it wasn't, you know, a twist. You sort of can see a twist coming, especially if yeah, you know the comics. And, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. said Ironmonger in the arc reactor room and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Big old heap of foreshadowing. But um, it's still it's still good and it still kind of gets you. I remember just being like, no, still, you know, <laughs> I, I, I love when he where turns. Obadiah just kind of goes to him. Tony Stark built one of those in a fucking cave. Yeah. Goes, I'm not Tony exactly. Stark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the technology you know doesn't I, exist. <laughs> exactly. You know what I love about that scene? I need to go check it back because I, I was, uh, I think I was typing something. I've just had it on while I was working this morning. Um, but having that character, that guy who's saying, I'm not Tony Stark, come back in that Spider-Man um, Far From Home. No, not Far From Home. Yes, Far From Home um, film, the second one. Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah, Far From Home, yeah. Yeah, when he's part of Mysterio's crew <laughs> and it does oh, all the yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, great callback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that yeah. guy would have, yeah, who knew that guy would have a slight future, a very small future. Uh, yeah, you know, but, you just uh, imagine he's just in his kitchen one day and he gets a call and they go, seriously? Uh, uh, <laughs> Me? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who had that one line, I'm not Tony Stark. It's yeah, kind of like the Wayne's World thing though, isn't it? It's like, I know it's a small part, but we can do better. Yeah, 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 like, you know, always yeah, put strong yeah, people, exactly. even in smaller roles, you have a strong movie there. Do you think, sorry, do you think that um, Gwyneth Paltrow being let in Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 less might be to the detriment of the film uh, in compared to Iron Man 1 because Iron Man 1, everyone, I, in my opinion, I know the years but is considered widely the strongest of the trilogy. Oh, it is not. Uh, I'm sorry, but it is the strongest. Yeah, you know, trilogy. and a lot of that, mm. I think, comes down to a lot of the screen time shared was between uh, Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. and especially Gwyneth Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr. And I think Pepper, as it went along, it really became the Iron Man movie and she became very secondary and tertiary as the movies progressed. Definitely. And uh, mm. except for Iron Man 3, I know she's in it a lot, but they don't have a lot of screen time together because he spends a lot with the little kid um, over Christmas. But um, do, you, do you think mm-hmm. that like their natural uh, chemistry and the fact that they weren't on screen together as much in the sequels might have actually affected the overall quality of the movies? I just thought they had lesser stories and lesser villains. 
I mean, I just thought that the whiplash was yeah. in the second film. And the Mickey Rourke yeah. at the yeah, time. Yeah, because we'd already <laughs> covered that Iron Man had this, like, war, you know, war kind of criminal past that yeah. he's trying to make amends for. And then somebody came... But Stark Industries had it a lot, lot longer than he was yeah, alive even. To, to like, punish him. And, I, I get, like, it's not that it didn't make sense, but it just wasn't as enthralling. And the third film was just a clusterfuck. It was... Yeah, it was Shane Black. He can't make movies. Yeah, Shane Black. <laughs> it's like my rule of thumb. Don't let Shane Mandarin, Black make movies. Like, remember the Mandarin just turned around to be... Trevor Stevens. Yeah, just yeah. watching the Liverpool yeah. United <laughs> game, drinking a beer. He's like, he's completely innocent. Oh, God, that was so silly. What do you, what do you, it was a bold move, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He actually said that he, twist. he came up with the idea when he was going to the to the jacks to the toilet during writing. He was writing. He just went to the toilet. He was co-writing with someone, Shane Black, and he went to the toilet and came back. Goes, oh, what if the Mandarin's not the Mandarin? And then they came up with this twist, and that's how he came up with it. Mm. Like, you know, that's the effort he puts into his writing. <laughs> it's like hey just, you know this character that has like 40 years of back catalogue of stories and lineage and legacy and a built in fan base yeah. football make, hooligan yeah. <laughs> yeah it's interesting wasn't it I mean I I, I lapped it all up because I've been, being the fan of Iron Man I am <laughs> um, but yeah if, the hierarchy I mean that first one is, is fantastic um, the second one was a bit I mean even though it's more showy and you get War Machine involved which I quite liked you know yeah. the, the downfall of the best friend or the, the splitting apart of that relationship was yeah, a good kind of plot move um, obviously Nick Fury's in it as well so it had its moments but I think Whiplash oh, yeah. The thing about that was just the fight. It was just like, oh, okay, well, he's going to win now. So. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what would it be a cool weapon? It's like elect yeah. electric whips and they can cut through steel and stuff. And you're like, yeah, that yeah. would be visually that would be visually intriguing, but it's not storytelling. Mm. Like, you know, it's not, exactly. not world-building yeah. or anything. I just thought the first <laughs> film did so much that the second film just tried to re revisit and it didn't need to. It needed to Do you think it. it's a case of, in the first movie, because we had Jeff Bridges playing Oberle Stain, who's a brilliant Excellent. man, technically mm. um uh, so he he became the cerebral villain and the soldier villain whereas in part mm. two you had the cerebral villain was played by um what's his fuck sam rockwell Hammer. uh justin, yeah, Hammer's justin nice. Hammer. yeah and then you had the soldier villain was whiplash played by mickey Rourke. and mickey because Rourke. the soldier villain like it's sam rockwell's portrayal was good but he <coughs> wasn't given enough screen time to be an effective cerebral villain so a lot of the narrative ended up being lent onto the soldier villain and because mickey Rourke's character wasn't fully fleshed out um, I think that may be why that suffered from a villain point of view. Yeah. That wasn't really the actors. I just think the time that they allotted for each character, I think if they'd have fleshed them out more or fleshed them yeah. like, and I think you might have had that better balance. You know, That's and, the thing. That's the balance that the first film had. Mm. And if you get the balance absolutely Because right, you had it with really one hard. character yeah, though. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's mm. very hard to recreate. Because even now, I think, watching that film today, I think that's one of the best Marvel films. Yeah. Mm. Oh, definitely. The very first one. I still think it's in the, my top two. Yeah, Probably. definitely in my top five for sure. Oh, you mm. have to be in yeah, everyone's yeah. top five. What about you, Ben? Where would you where would you rate this now that we're like oh. we have the fullness of the four phases? Yeah, 24, 24. Ah, I mean, yeah, Endgame and Infinity War. I just the emotional kind of like uh, connection, just the, the way they pulled off the montage, the very difficult fifty character montage. You know, I know that, that, I, that I, took I will, some doing. That really did. Yeah, so that kind of puts it into those into the top three. But Iron Man is definitely the top three for me. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the other ones, the other Iron Man films, definitely eh, top seven. <laughs> top yeah. eight, something like that. Uh, but I would say top five. Well, Robert Downey um, so, Jr. Yeah. is still great, though. You know, he, oh, exactly. it, it's, it's always going to get a few, like if it's a five-star film, it's always going to get two or three because Robert Downey it, Jr. 100%. was just that good. 
Yeah, exactly. Just brings out our star. Um, but I think, you know, for instance, Civil War is one of my favorites as well. That's probably my that. fourth favorite. Mm. Again, montage, but also the introduction of Black Panther, you know, the kind of the breakdown of, of Robert Downey Jr. and his kind of... Rest uh, his, of each other. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest of the last films, isn't it? God, they, they did yeah. so much so well. DC could hurt mm. so much. And you know what? This brings <laughs> you back to Iron Man 1. You know, this was such a solid foothold into world building. Mm. This is like now yeah. we have the, we have an Avenger, we have a genius, we have a philanthropist. He could be the the money guy, he could be the tech guy, he could be an excellent central character, and we can just mm. build it and build it around him. And they did. He showed up at the end of the Hulk movie. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that Captain America. <laughs> yeah, Captain America, the first Avenger. But like, I mean, that was just. He, you know, he comes into it in 2013, 2012. There's already... Captain it, America? Yeah. No, the first Avengers was 2011. 2011, yeah. So Captain America mm. would have been 2009, 2010, in there at that time. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. They made most of their movies in the space of like three or four year period or something that like that. That was the first phase. That was yeah. the first phase, yeah. That, uh, I think it was Iron Man came out on its own. I think the Hulk might have come out with Thor in the same year, maybe. No, with Iron Man 2, maybe very close together that first phase because like Iron mm. Man 1 The Incredible Hulk and Thor all those events are based within the set within one week really? yeah within the, with the Marvel Universe uh, story I never knew that Nice. Yeah, there's actually there's some cool one shots um marvel did they don't really do them anymore unfortunately but they had these like seven or eight minute shot uh short movies and they were like connective tissue uh kind of like mm. this is what's happening in between iron man and when thor's hammer is found or something and it did have like a little uh, conversation yeah. or whatever and it was really cool and it was a cool uh, they actually did it with trevor steven after the negative reaction to the mandarin they had a one shot and they're just like oh no the real mandarin exists he's out there somewhere i've seen that one i like yeah, that one again, yeah, a, again far too comedy though i think it's like uh it yeah. was just um it, that's the problem with iron man 3 i think is because they leaned a little bit too hard into the comedy again i love it it's great <laughs> yeah it's uh i like it as a christmas film as well and i like having a non-christmas film to watch that's also a christmas film <laughs> like die hard. yeah yeah exactly exactly like die hard mm-hmm. yeah I, so i think going back to that question about the whole Gwyneth Paltrow kind of balance in that I think because the plot line was the fact they were split apart after mm. you know a rocky start as well obviously they're arguing throughout the first part of the film yeah. um, and kind of you know Tony Stark's essentially falling apart um, so I think yeah that was I don't think the wrong move I think it's a, it's a great story as it is but I think yeah the, the kind of diamondism I can never say that one <laughs> and uh, the kind of chemistry between those two especially as they progress the relationship is one of the best things about the the kind of Iron Man films in general and mm. uh, so I think you know her being you know dragged apart and also used as the kind of device not to you know diminish her at all but you know to be used as a device that kind of Robbie Sam, Sam, Sam. Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Stark what am I doing now <laughs> 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 Tony Stark has to then you know save and you know be the hero etc um yeah i think it was, in distress. yeah exactly i think it's just an unfortunate kind of uh kind of fallout from that choice but otherwise yeah i think it definitely wasn't i guess definitely not the worst <laughs> marvel film if there is one i haven't seen eternals yet and i hear mixed things about that yeah um yeah i reserve judgment as well i go yeah. see it soon i can't yeah, Mm. Yeah, I'm going to try and see it tonight or something. <laughs> you have to bear me, Ben, don't you, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the cool thing about Gwyneth Paltrow as well is that they didn't get bogged down in a love story 
I hate when something tries to take up a lot of screen. Like mm. Spider-Man 3 was such a rushed film, but it still had so much Mary Jane and she was singing songs. Are we still stuff. talking about love stories, don't we? In Spider-Man 3, you're like, we know their story. Yeah, Get fucking on with the cool stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but this yeah. one, the, the, their, their chemistry was so organic. The fact that it became something more as the films went on, mm. that felt organic, but it was they never tried to shove it into the central role because it's a superhero movie. We yeah. want to see Iron Man. Taking out of planes and all of yeah, that. Yeah, I like the way though she's like his sidekick in Iron Man One. Like exactly. the way Gwen Stacy is in Amazing Spider-Man One. And then she becomes, like Ben said, she becomes more like a damsel in distress later on a plot device. And then when the character becomes a plot device, they get less and less fleshed out as the series or the world grows because all they are is that plot mm. device instead of being a fully fleshed out character anymore. And and that character becomes diminished when you have all these other characters that are being fleshed out throughout all these movies, and you're just a plot device that we're just gonna bring in for Tony Stark to save. And I think it really diminished Pepper Potts as the movies went on because she became a plot device and he was getting all this backstory, all this mythos, build up all this fleshing out. And she was just like, became first a primary, mm. then secondary, then tertiary character. And even in part three, I know she plays a, a quite big role in terms of the narrative. Yeah. But her character is never really fleshed out. Mm. Oh, she's like, Iron Man saves her in Malibu in the house. Then later on, she shows up and saves him in a suit. But there's not really anything there for us to kind of hold on to because from majority of the movie, she's kidnapped. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just like that kind of thing where mm. if you keep fleshing out characters around a character that gets less and less of a role, that that character actually even looks more diminished than even it actually has become because all these other characters are so well developed, you know? And I think that's Pepper Potts what happened to her throughout the trilogy. So she gets, she gets ultimately, that's the thing, they circle everything around really, really well. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's right there, like, with the Infinity Gauntlet, and everyone's fighting it out, and Spider-Man yeah. has it. Sisters are doing it I for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was, she moved away from the damsel narrative, because the, 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 the character definitely deserved more. Yeah. It's kind of amazing yeah, how Marvel definitely get a show. hard kind of like you know, hard turn at the end when she obviously had the Mandarin powers or the um, you know the, the, <laughs> the extremist powers that they extreme I mean yeah. yeah they kind of just yeah reversed it <laughs> extremist that's it and they just reversed it at the end and just made her actually the savior of Iron Man which is kind yeah. of interesting it's but, you know, so I'm talking about that. Sorry, I was gonna say talking about the the her part in Avengers, yeah, Infinity War. Yeah, she should have been, or at least in Endgame, there should have been a lot more of her because she's basically like, "Hi, I'm here. They can stay for dinner or something like that." And then it's like, "Oh, did you invent time travel?" Oh, great. <laughs> um, then appears at the end. You know, yeah, yeah. I would love just like an extra five ten minutes. They had it spare. Come on, they could have tied up. Yeah. Um, and just figure out like, cool. Well, let's um, let's give her a section where she's like kind of leading the charge, maybe, and just suddenly right time to suit up and give her one of the scenes where yeah. you know the, the revolving camera shot around the suit coming together, which is just the money shot of any MCU film, which is best portrayed in Batman for uh, Forever and Batman and Robin, where we got to see the nipples and Batman's butt. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the twin bulges. Cod pieces. That's it. MCU doesn't fuck around with Camelto and, and Leather. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with DC. Marvel Comics Universe. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, tell you what, I am excited very much for the new. I know because the problem with Batman veering into dc for a second is um there's just been so many reboots i mean to the point i mean so many actors it's like james bond now yeah um and it's becoming a bit of a joke like oh who's gonna play it next and i can see you know another reboot after this i don't think spider-man's quite grazing that level yet because it's they've done pretty well i quite like the the three kind of uh spider-man actors that have been chosen even toby Maguire when he goes a bit emo Um, (laughs) but you know the trigger fingers 
Oh, God. <laughs> um, but the new, you know, uh, Robert Pattinson uh, Batman, I feel from the trailer, might have a bit of the new Joker, which I really, really enjoyed. I really enjoyed mm. that portrayal um, and the kind of the lack of superhero-ness in the film. Yeah. And even though this one, you know, I think even like his, his Batmobile is just a stripped back sort of like American muscle car with a jet engine on the back of it. I'm like, yeah. yes, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel the same. Yeah. I was a bit like you because um, I was like... Uh, like right now with Batman's for example that's why I actually don't think you could do Iron Man again because Tony Stark have your best but we've had five maybe six in my lifetime you know we just but but like (sighs) they they didn't feel organic when they jumped I mean Val Kilmer just jumped in and after Michael Keaton and then then straight away (laughs) we we got into George Clooney and then like Christian Bale came in and then Batfleck Batfleck um, (laughs) that was kind of a bit of a mess and now we're on to this and then like with with some other things with, with at least with um Spider-Man, like there was three films. The third one was a dud. It was time to move on. Andrew Garfield, good, good film. Second one, <laughs> bit of a dud. And then they were like, we want to put this into the main Marvel universe. So they came in with yeah. another one. It felt organic. Like it felt like there was a point. This one, mm. given over to Pattinson, I, I felt like rushed. But then I seen the trailer, and now I'm thinking, yeah, I actually really want to see this movie. Did you yeah. go around for like two days going, I am vengeance? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's always the voice, though. Why, where did, did Christian Bale invent that voice? Because Michael Keaton didn't have that voice. Did I always speak no, like this, Ben. I don't know what you mean. The whole thing was about I'm the gravity and gruff. It's he didn't hang around with a lot of people. He kept Bruce Wayne quite, you know, mm. this. And then when he showed up, anyone that heard his voice, he they go. Remember, he killed people. Remember, there was one guy in the second Batman, <laughs> one that with the penguin. penguin he sticks a t- your man comes out with dynamite and he just throws punches him in the chest and throws oh, yeah. him down a flight of stairs. He just blows up. <laughs> you know, he heard brilliant. his voice, but he was dead straight. Away. that's why people don't know about Batman. is it called a, a, vod, a voice a modifier yeah that's what ba, ba, uh, is that what they call it yeah um, in Arrow uh, the, the CW's version of Arrow a lot of the times when he's speaking to people and he wants to disguise his voice he just wears one of them yeah that'll do it. why doesn't Batman have one of them built into his suit yeah. Like if fucking yeah. Ghostface from Scream can distort his voice, so why can't Batman, this <laughs> yeah. billionaire genius, in 1996? Yeah. You know what I mean, though. Like I never understood that about Batman. It's like, and like if you have a face or have a cowl, why show any of your face? Yeah. Like you cover all it. of it, and you could be any race. Like if you don't show <laughs> that part of your face, you could be any race. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Especially it. if you had the voice distorter, you can literally change your accent every single time you speak to someone. Like, I'm a way funny. better Batman than I Bruce Wayne. It seems people would lose their shit if they fucking <laughs> <laughs> if they yeah. covered Batman's face. Actually, that was not the other interesting thing about Iron Man. At the end of it, like, on, there is no distinction really yeah. between Tony Stark and Iron Man, unlike almost every other superhero that we've touched upon. Yeah, like at the end, he's mm. even like, "The truth is, I am Iron Man." Mm. And yeah. The truth. Ad libbed line as well. <laughs> yeah, ad libbed. Oh, really? Yeah. Ad libbed line. Yeah, and Kevin at the end was like. Uh, oh yeah we'll go with that one uh, and they also explained it as a dream sequence as well to keep this, uh, the um, the whole cast like completely in the dark uh, really? they were like yeah no they were filming a dream sequence that's like halfway in between the film and stuff like that and then that actually that's the ending so yeah I didn't think anything and when he sat there with the paper this is another one I read I was kind of looking at IMDb again this morning <laughs> um, the bit where he's looking at the paper where it's like Iron Man is a grainy photo on the front of the, on the on the newspaper he's holding while he's kind of like at the news conference I think it's at the end um, yeah. that grainy photo was a leaked um, video found on YouTube of the filming and the film set so they oh, really? used someone yeah they used some people snuck in in the bushes and took some like early filming uh, took some pictures of it 
So like, all right, we'll use that. I was like, oh, nice little touches, which uh, I, I hope like Kevin or John Favreau behind. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Little yeah, you know, that's Marvel. Troll your trolls, you know? Yeah, Marvel. Troll the trolls. Going back to the DC bit, sorry, the Batman thing, you know, you're talking about the, the voice change or like, uh, I, I, I don't know what you mean, Ben. I think it's the C. <laughs> um, that bit in, they try and like do it with Batfleck. I remember the scene in, I can't remember whether it's Justice League or Batman v Superman or some bit where Alfred's just like um, adjusting his, his voice changer and you can hear him just sort of like testing it out and all it does is just deepen his voice I'm like exactly why don't you just change it to non-Affleck yeah. like anything like, yeah. yes there it is that's good thank you Alfred and yeah like, oh. <laughs> it's like look at Scream 4 and um, uh, uh, what's her name uh, 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 Julia Roberts um, niece what's her name Emma Roberts. Uh, Emma Roberts. Sorry, yeah, and Emma Roberts is in that movie. And if uh, Spider One, Two, Three, if anyone hasn't seen Scream Four, but Emma Roberts is one of the killers in it, and she's a small woman, and she's able to make her voice sound exactly like a man's yeah. by using one of these distorters. That's the range these machines have. Yeah, and Batman's like, it's like Ben says, like, yeah, that's okay. It's like, dude, you sound exactly like that, except two tones higher. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the actor wants to sound like the actor or something. You know, like they need to get themselves in there. It's like, remember yeah. Judge Dredd, Sylvester Stallone was like, yeah, I'm not wearing a helmet. And they're like, dude, in the entirety of the Judge Dredd comic, he's never taken off the helmet. I've seen, I read a Judge Dredd comic where he gets attacked when he's in the bath with his helmet on. He doesn't take That's off Judge the helmet. Dredd's you know? yeah. That's Judge Dredd's commitment. It's like he's hearing it. He's one of my favourites. Like, Oh, same yeah. as, yeah. Carl Urban's portrayal is amazing. I was going to say, I did not know it was Carl Urban. I don't know why I just like, I somehow missed the like the launch festival the trailer and stuff like that i was like this looks really cool as bloody as it should be mm. um and then i i just saw it on like a, i don't know like box office at home and i was just like huh is that my god it is carl urban because mm, it's like yeah. he curls his lip in a way that like completely masks his his Fucking white diabolical. face batman face and then just like talks in a different accent he t- he, yeah he, t- he took on the role of judge dread yeah. and whatever it took to be judge dread well, he's a massive kind of fan head. of the source material, the graphic novel itself, and he said that he would not take the part if they made him take off the helmet. Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, him and, yeah. and Alec, Alex Garland, the guy who um, wrote it, I think he directed it too, um, he's actually a massive fan of the source material as well, and, that, and that's what he said. He wanted an actor that was willing and knew and uh, like appreciated the source material and understood that you're not playing anyone but Judge Dredd. Yeah. It's not Carl Urban, you're Judge Dredd. It's yeah. not an actor anymore. You're the yeah, faceless yeah. moniker or whatever of justice and yeah. if you keep taking off that fucking yeah. mask yeah. you're not so faceless yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like, I you're comics. not a judge yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I remember reading those comics I'm law he goes to a place where he's like you know he 76 hour shift and he'd go and he'd get like hyper sleep in a machine for like 8 minutes which does 8 hours or 9 <laughs> yeah. hours and then he was just back out in the beat so like Judge Dredd again like it was funny Iron Man there is no he just puts on a suit he's yep. he's, mm. you know, he's, he's Tony Stark with a suit or without a suit but Judge Dredd yeah. What's he without his suit? Is Judge Dredd There's no Billionaire played by Flanders. He's never had a name He's never had anything yeah. He's just always Judge Dredd I always like kind of, yeah, And they that did character. That's the thing They did Iron Man right I think that's the thing We have to appreciate the most That's what Iron Man Should have been yeah. A flawed mm-hmm. Brilliant Man and Who's mm-hmm. a hero at heart Judge Dredd Is just He is the law As he likes to say And that's what he <laughs> I am the law I am the law I am the law I am the law <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll just end up tightening this episode I'm the law and nobody will have a fucking clue yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. what what they, so they got Ben Gally on to talk about Airman why is he called I'm the law Judge <laughs> Dredd yeah he's like 15 minutes just like oh law um, just like, name it Carl Urban just the actor <laughs> yeah just I'm, the fuck as far as I'm concerned that, that man is like a god amongst other actors because I mean mm. A Lord of the Rings yes. B he was in like uh, was that the Riddick film Chronicles of Riddick which I thought he was a great villain yeah, um, yeah. Judge Dredd he's uh, the boys. boys was fantastic ah, it's mm. so good uh, <laughs> I think he's fantastic he's Doom. a brilliant actor that was a fairly stupid film but that scene where it yeah. went full POV Amazing, uh, for, and he, uh, that was just excellent. that was when the rocks to play characters, yeah. not the rock. That was, it was interesting. That was cinema as fine as like all of us sitting here. We all know Iron Man, the source material. And one thing we know is Iron Man was like a product of its time, and I mean its initial mm. time, and I mean like the 60s, 70s era where um, America seven was it, yeah, yeah. And um, this guy pulling out exact dates, show me up my own show, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's like, uh, 1967, <laughs> August 12th issue one no biggie i don't know any <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, yeah, so it was like a product of its time initially and i mean like in that era of the vietnam war and that's where tony stark's um origins came from initially he got hurt in the vietnam war he went over there and uh, what the reason i'm bringing up this point is i think what uh, iron man has done and what mcu and marvel have done very successfully is modernize their characters and bring mm. them into the world we know today and, Why um, staying true to some Yeah, exactly. Theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so in place of uh, Tony Stark getting injured um, in Vietnam, he gets injured in Afghanistan because at the time America was like knees deep in Afghanistan, well, kind of still are. Like, mm-hmm. but and mm-hmm. um, I just thought like when you have that kind of uh, gift or talent for modernization of the characters, it kind of lends itself well for expansion. And like, what did you think of the way uh, Marvel went and um, modernized Tony Stark and used the Afghanistani war as a a modern uh, placement for the Vietnam War? I think it was great. I I think the modernization is great because I mean, yes, you could do like a a more period piece, like uh, like, for instance, X-Men, Days of Future Past and things like that. Fantastic. On First Class as well. And First Class, yeah. yeah. I I just love that. (laughs) Wolverine (laughs) Origins. Terrible film, but do you remember the intro? Terrible film. It It went through his life. Yeah. And it was Mm. him fighting. Him and Lee Schreiber. The Confederacy right up to Vietnam and... Yeah, that's it like, yeah. yeah that was cool it's yeah. in the issue though of uh and uh something we talked about recently is time in the franchise of existence it's like mm. when you keep uh, incorporating the source material or its original time frame or time period it was set and so like i think isn't it like it's such an important thing to be uh to modernize because if you go and put tony stark back in its initial time period with the vietnam war immediately if you modernize the story mm. you age that character of existence yeah. exactly and, yeah like you could take Wolverine all the way back to like the, the Wild West, West or yeah. more or less I would That's probably it. call it the Weird West. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I've never heard patent that before. Pending, patent pending. <laughs> I've never heard that before, no. <laughs> uh, ben, do you want to hear more about the Weird West? No elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, we actually didn't let Ben answer the question. I think I jumped on it because I need to move. Yeah. The, the you're excited. You can't help yourself. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, this is what's great about this. Yeah, it's a lovely conversation. Um, no, the uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the modernization. Yeah, so the yeah, I think you're right. It would have lost the readership, uh, not readership, viewership, and I think it would have kind of aged out the character as well. And it's sort of you know Marvel had done that or had it in mind, you know, with the uh, first Avenger, the Captain America. We're going to do a war piece, which yeah. isn't everyone's cup of tea. Starting great, out, you can freeze them and just bring them to the, the present day. Exactly. Then, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's always a war, uh, you know. Like there is the fact of the matter yeah. is, 
if, if, if it is a war story or if it yeah. starts as a war story unfortunately mm. there's basically no time you could go to and not say right we can hear this is within this time period then Afghanistan then they kind of get their exactly. cake and eat it too with the Ant-Man character because you have two iterations of the character yeah. known and loved you have mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Hank Pym and you have uh, Scott what's his surname? Lang. Uh, Lang Scott Lang sorry yeah. and so. and that way you can incorporate the original character source material from the source material quite well. yeah exactly and you, yeah. you can have him be an old gruff experienced that man that's been there and on that and you get Michael Douglas and now we still have the mm. modernistic interpretation with um, Scott Lang and like Captain America is the, the obviously the kind of like the golden goose because you can have him be mm. in his original source material as we mentioned a second ago you can freeze him and now suddenly he's in present day and then you get both those kind of aspects of the story yeah you know so yeah. i think i think that's what you, you kind of get lucky sometimes with characters but like i think with iron man you kind of had to modernize it because if you age out robert downey jr and you lose that initial linchpin as the universe expands uh-huh. it would have been to the detriment you know yeah i think it would also have been difficult with the technology as well because i mean it's a fusion reactor let's be honest like the arc reactor um yeah. so with the the idea of like that i mean it's obviously it's been around since far late 90s fusion or something yeah. um the jet reactor in the uk um and so with that i think it's like kind of it, they were quite had to narrow down quite a lot and so yeah i think it's also kind of interesting how they, they do start with afghanistan because they could have um kind of admitted that and done it in a different way but i think you know they kind of not americanized it but tugged at maybe more american heartstrings and to be honest you know uk canada and australia as well anyone yeah. with troops in there but the whole kind of you know seeing uh troops being blown up and troops being shot down outside of you know their own humvees and stuff like that mm. in, an, in an ambush and it was just kind of like it's very close to home for a lot of people so i think there was an maybe a wise decision i think from the you know, direction just to be like right we're gonna not tug at this heartstring for no reason but we're gonna say right this is the situation that's happening so it's very real it's, you know, it's very emotional and yeah straight in it's a, it's very a powerful relevant. opening yeah, yeah. exactly the, 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 so. the tough steps not to demonize all Afghanistanis, yeah. all Afghanistan yeah. people, yeah. to be fair as well. Like, I'm sure you know, somebody from Afghanistan might feel differently. On all I know is I'm going to travel in the humdrum V and not the fun V. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. all I know. I'm yeah. going with James Rody Rhodes. <laughs> Next time you ride with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him up the they made, they, yeah. Well, they made that a very big point, didn't they? And the fact that they said the 10 rings, essentially, mm-hmm. in the Raza yeah. when they captured, and the fact that the general, I uh, forget his name, but he's um, he's speaking Hungarian, for example. He's not speaking, and he, you know, even Yesen um, lays out all the different languages and all the different people that are here. So, yeah, they are very careful to do that. <laughs> yeah. Know, they, yeah. Funny enough, like, no, we are not demonizing anyone. This isn't you, the classic, like, <laughs> terrorist storyline. Do you think, um, looking forward, or like, sorry with the information that we now have and looking back do you think that we saw a bit of a recon from marvel because like not just with trevor stevens interpretation of the the mandarin or the fake mandarin but ended up being guy pierce's character but like mm-hmm. this seemed like they were going to root the ten rings instead of having them set in what we know from the the mandarin being asian from chinese descent that obviously mm-hmm. it's in the name you know so um but like do you know that kind of seemed like they were going with a more terrorist kind of like uh paramilitary like i know this mm-hmm. was pre-ISIS but it seemed like they were going in a more Middle Eastern like the Ten Rings and the Mandarin were more like okay the, what's our main threat of the time in America or, or you know as I mentioned are knee deep in the Middle East at the moment and have been for about 20 years now but like and then you look at it and they go this seems like Marvel are going to bring the Ten Rings making them more of a terrorist organization and then the Mandarin mm-hmm. was going to come from their kind of um, ranks 
and then later on it seems that like they've kind of and I, well, I don't want to say overcorrected because what they did was they went back to what the source material initially was but do you mm. think there was a recon there that we saw like Tony Leung played the Mandarin in Shang-Chi and now mm. that it seems like initially they were setting up for them to be like a paramilitary type of flags and no or uh, sorry nation a flag is a nation with no flag is that what to say or yeah. like kind of like the flag mm. smashers in uh, Captain you know so what do you think do you think there was a recon that occurred there or uh, give it to Ben I think, <laughs> I think so I think they basically for instance you know talking about how that was kind of like a last minute twist to have you know the Mandarin not be the Mandarin yeah. I think that might have just been like someone in some you know high floor of a tower watched that and was like for God's sake this is not what we planned <laughs> this is like, now, we, now we've got to produce a one shot in prison and just have Justin Hammer in there for the funsies and just uh, and just switch this around so we can do Shang-Chi I yeah. think it was a big wreck <laughs> like they've done with the comics uh they did it well um yeah. if not then i think you know maybe iron man left it just got kind of wide open you know kind of john farrow and kevin just got given i always want to say phage and i've been saying phage for years i, <laughs> say it wrong. I know he, Fage, he, he said yeah but at least they listened to their fans but listen to the and also fans don't get to make the films, so fans don't shouldn't get like necessarily a seat at the table when the you kind of, of listen course. to the fans kind of go, you know what? I think they're right. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that was probably a big mistake. But the fact that they even ten years later that they'll actually try and do a correction, yeah. That, that yeah. counts for something. It's another something we mentioned the Shang-Chi episode recorded. It's like so. they've they have been trying to recorrect that error for the better part of a decade. Yeah. And like even though Iron Man it was to Iron Man's detriment not having a real Mandarin. I think it really was beneficial to Shang-Chi in the long run yeah. because as I mentioned to you I don't have a clue who Shang-Chi was I didn't know much about the character but you attach a Mandarin to him as his villain yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go see that fucking movie Huge. now because I want to see the Mandarin as much as I want to see Shang-Chi you know Ten Rings are talking yeah. about in the 2000s it goes again with Marvel good planning plus luck yeah. and that's where you get the exactly. MCU like you know Works. I mean, it's conceivable, isn't it, that, you know, for instance, Raza and, you know, Obadiah Stane, not obviously part of the Ten Rings, but was negotiating with a cell of the Ten Rings that happened to be based in Afghanistan. And then therefore they had, you know, their symbol, maybe slightly Middle Easternized, like it was used in Iron Man 3. Yeah. Um, and then actually, obviously, then it kind of does work with the one shot. Like it, it all falls into place. The guy Pierce had just stolen the idea. <laughs> yeah. He'd found it somewhere in his research or, you know, heard the story of the true Mandarin, stolen it. And then, yeah, the one shot just like cleans it up. Yeah. And so like, yeah, maybe if it wasn't planned, then it's a brilliant retcon. If it was planned, yeah. then fair play. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it was like, I think it was just like genius uh, back writing. Do you know that kind of way? Like, do you know when you're, like, you're writing yeah. something and you come up with this idea and you're like, oh shit, I may develop this somewhere. And then you're like, you go back earlier on in your story and then you find this little little nook and cranny in yeah. the story that you can develop yeah, something like, real ah. quick. Yeah, yeah, like, got, got you motherfucker. You know, that kind of, and I think Marvel are probably, like you got so many people there and they got this, they know the source material so well. And I think they were like, oops, we made a mistake. We just yeah. picked a, a whole bouquet of whoopsie daisies. We fucked it up again. <laughs> this one guy in a basement with a thousand of people everywhere going, Yeah, just like, get Sir Ben on the Forward, we need it for eight minutes. But um, but bring me the bones of Stanley. Because what was the other little thing they put in? Um, they put uh, Roxon Corporation into. There was, it was on a building at some at some point in the Ironmonger yeah. fight at the end. I think it was on a and truck like as that, well. I think. That, 
or something. Yeah, I think it was that. And then it just that hasn't that was kind of just left. So yeah, I think they were just yeah. like, okay, we'll I get think- ten rings in. Because Mandarin always was the badass against, you know, um, Iron Man. Oh, yeah, the source yeah. material. And so they think, right, we'll do the Ten Rings just to, like, if we do want to do Mandarin properly in the third one, we can do it. And then we'll, like, put in rocks on just in case of that. And then we'll go with, you know, Hammer Tech in the second one. I think it was like, yeah, maybe just we'll put these Easter eggs in just in case we need them. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't need them, they're funny so, Easter eggs. Yeah, so what? Well, yeah, because that's <laughs> yeah. it. Because people, like, people just like them. Yeah. I noticed in uh, Aquaman, when they're going down into the sea, uh, there's an Annabelle mm-hmm. doll. Just, just an Annabelle doll. Yeah, he was saying it was the same. Director. Oh, James Wan, yeah, James, James Wan, same. Yeah, so I was just, ah, just, right. yeah, I, honestly, God, they just, they, they just kind of do a pullback shot, and of course, Aquaman's like diving like a rocket, and and then you just see an Annabelle doll, and I was going, a fucking Annabelle doll, like <laughs> that one. Where's this film going? <laughs> an Annabelle, an Annabelle Aquaman crossover. You know what? Yes. Yeah, I'm there for it. I wasn't <laughs> I expecting, but I'm there for it. I should not be. But yeah. yes, I'm I, I really want to see the fight scene with Jason Momoa and an evil doll. Yeah. But like, we said Jason Bourne, and we'd have another crossover. Yeah. <laughs> <Said> Jason Momoa. <laughs> but um, uh, Ben, before we go to the break, I want to ask you uh, uh, one more question. And like we went through all the the modernizations, the interpretations of the different characters, and what way the the movie played out, and how it affected the greater universe. But like I want to ask mm. you, the shit I'm really always interested in is the suit. It's something I always bring oh, up with these yeah. super. It's like, what did you think of first the Mark One and then uh, the Mark Two, and um, what what did you think of those suits in comparison to later suits and shit like that? And because that's where I love, I love talking about suits. You know, I'm always yeah. talking about suits and power sets. Yeah. But um, so Ben, what did you think of uh, initial the suit he made in the Afghanistani cave, and then obviously the one we got to see the the initial real Iron Man suit and the mm. hot rod uh, red and gold. Oh, the, the, yeah, the real, real one. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it was, oh, I mean, that first one's great. And it's mm. um, so clunky. Steampunk. It's so, yeah, it's it's steampunk, isn't it? It's mm. just like, it looks like it should be powered, yeah, by yeah, either steam or just like diesel dripping out. Of yeah. It. Some guy <laughs> shoveling coal into the back of the suit That's or something. It. Yeah. <laughs> just Jensen behind him, yeah. just like furiously shoving by the Titanic. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it was, it was great. And it was obviously just like a testament to like Tony Stark's their skills and stuff. So I was just like, yes, it's kind of like a, a heart back to uh the other yeah, cartoons or even just the like the original iron man uh, comics and stuff you know it looked 60s and 70s yeah it looked like an old diving suit mixed with yeah, like yeah. someone's envisioning of an astronaut <laughs> i don't know mm, yeah, that's I don't, it, um, a 1950s envisioning of what an alien stepping off maybe it would be yeah. wearing this big mechanite suit yeah, <laughs> I, I love it i, I love, love the way it. people in the great. 50s <laughs> never talk clothes are going to get smaller True time. No. They're like, Big we up. wear deep sea diving suits now. They're just gonna have shinier deep sea diving suits. Yeah, exactly. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am Mr. Submarine. It was great to like nod to that. And they're always doing that, aren't they? In terms of just like in the because I mean I one of the great reasons I think Iron Man stands out is because it's probably the best done origin story. Mm, Before origin easily. stories got a bit like, mm, yeah, let's get this out of the way and let's get to Oh the man, yeah. reading my mind, I was literally thinking that, like, cause you're like an hour in and that's when he starts building the Iron Man suit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a real true blue origin story. I was thinking yeah, that earlier. Exactly. It's like, it's like you don't get them anymore. It never, fa- it never, it just didn't, yeah. it didn't hold itself up. You were entertained. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, yeah. motherfuckers, we're going to take as much time as we need. Yeah. You, you know, that's actually Iron Man. You will it's sit not there and enjoy. Look, yeah, exactly. Not, not like, oh, loser, fawns mm. after the girl, bit by a spider, wakes up, yeah. doesn't understand, figures it out half a during the day, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's not that. There's so much to Iron Man. Yeah. Because he's, he's self-med, yeah. you know, he's a genius and yeah. he just realises mm. he's a genius. And one one thing I love the way about at the start as well the way they set it up because they, they explain his entire role in the world by a narration yeah. of an award show. 
They're just yeah. like, oh, this is Tony Stark genius. and his father that's happened. He's a genius and he took over and Prodigal Son returned. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. just like, it's like, okay, now this is where his role in the world is. Now we're going to show you the world that he lives in. Yes. And they took the time really yeah, well. Yeah, you know? Narrative cheek card. Yeah. It was so mm. good. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love yeah. him to do that. It's just like, okay, here's the boring shit. Now here's the exciting shit. Like, you know, we're going, mm. we're going to take our time fleshing out the real cool stuff. Yeah. But, um, but so before we go to the break, Noel, what's your thoughts on the suits? And Ben, before I ask Noel that, what did you make of the Mark II in, compar- uh, in comparison True. to the suitcase suit we saw in Iron Man 2? I was going to talk about that one. I was going to talk about that one. The na- uh, <laughs> nanobot suit, is it? Nanobots, is it? Yeah, no, right. the nan- it's the nanobots in the, the final. Yeah, version. and what did you make of the the sheer like difference between the very grounded, realistic approach they took with the initial Iron Man suit and compared to how it's evolved over the movies? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the first moment because I mean, I'm not gonna lie that my kind of the series that I started off with writing the Amanesca series. Uh, let's just say there's some red and gold armor that like has to be collected through the series, <laughs> and uh, has. I mean, it's very medieval, but it's got like a wolf on, on the front of it, and, like a, a snarling face on the on the thing. So it's very. It's not it's, Iron Man, but it's the kind of Iron Man. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. It's got a <laughs> smidge of iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, it's got yeah. a smidge of the exactly. iron in him. I got a smidge. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Would you ask? No yeah. worries. What, what's his name? Sony Tark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious, man. I wish I'd done that now just for the fun of it. Um, but yes, I mean, I, it's always about the suit. I mean, yes, Iron Man says, or Tony Stark says as the characters, you know, I am Iron Man, but the suit is me and vice versa later on um, when he's in the courtroom in Iron Man 2. And so, yeah, when, because you see the silver one, you're like, the, the kind of like Mark 0.5 yeah. <laughs> 1.5 rather yeah, yeah. Um, it's, where it's, it's awesome. like just that pure silver one he takes out of the test drive and obviously there's the, the ice problem that is the callback um, later on <laughs> yeah, um, and then yeah when he's angry and it's you'd be like i want to see the suit it's been an hour yeah and like john favreau gives you the suit isn't it like an iron man tree you've got like a shit ton of iron man suits but very little iron man yeah <laughs> yes. yeah very true i think i mean you've got it you got to strip it back i literally did that in my most recent book i you know this character has after what is it six seven books into the series uh, or two series split um Farden kind of loses the armor and loses the power of the armor and I do an Iron Man 3 because you got to like build them up take it down you know all that sort of stuff it's kind of like maybe it was just like too logical a kind of maneuver for Iron Man yeah. 3 going back to that point but anyway that you know in I literally just watched it before this where it's the slow kind of camera starting at the feet yeah. rising up but also spiraling around a little bit oh, it does that in the silver one but then as you know uh, Tony's like angry as hell and he just does the slow eye rise just as the camera kind of comes up almost yeah. like I'm just like come on that's cinema and yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. CGI to fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, little yeah. bits moving everything moving it's like it's perfect and then obviously that's that is the money shot yeah and <laughs> so it's then the, when it I was so, sorry after you no I was gonna say as soon as you see them in the leotard now you're you're like oh shit I know that's it. it's not real yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, too felt more real in the first I like, two nobody shows up in the, hmm. the village of Afghanistan and uh Oh, I like yeah. I like the fact that like it was in the comics were always the invincible Iron Man, and the thing is like he was a bit clunky. He was a bit like the original RoboCop, 
But he, you know, yeah. he shot this guy, he turned around, punched this guy. But he wasn't Spider-Man. That's not his power set. He's yeah. not Daredevil. Exactly. That's not his power set. Batman, any of the, the, the these guys. I like the fact there was a little bit of clunkiness to it. I kind of like that. He got a little bit gymnastic-y as the, the, yeah. as the suits went on. Yeah. Remember when he's fighting Thanos, it's like he falls, he's knocked on his back, but then he's projecting he's, you know, oh, yeah. straight That's back up and his hands yeah. start to hammer yeah. us. And, <laughs> and it's cool and it's absolutely awesome. But I kind of liked the clunk, I have to say. Yeah. I just oh, like that because he's invincible. Really well. He doesn't need to be jumping around the place because you're shooting him yeah. and it does not matter. Like you said he's not Spider-Man. Yeah. He's exactly. not Spider-Man, but he's not Spider-Man. Yeah. He's not Spider-Man. Yeah. So, so like where just walks you know, towards the bullet fire. The advantage like. that such a guy would have over such a guy would be speed power sets. Yeah. This guy's faster yeah. than this guy. He's supposed to be. Mm. Like, uh, the Flash is a lot weaker than Superman, but when he's running at the speed of light and he hits him a yeah. punch, it does an awful lot of damage. Yeah, and he's yeah. like the Flash is the fastest person in life. The Flash is the fastest. Yeah. Until so, the new season comes out with the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. like I'm Barry Allen, the fastest man alive. No, you're not Barry, because no, no, I know in two episodes yeah. there's going to be a faster fucking guy than oh, you, Barry. Yeah, well. You son of a bitch, Barry. <laughs> every right. time, let's every season. This, let's go to this break. All right, cool. We go to the break, Ben, and then uh, we come back, and I'm going to ask you, uh, what if? And that's this. What if you were the director? What would you have changed about Iron Man? That one if thing, anything. if anything. And um, uh, and then we go with the best and worst, and you tell me the best thing you thought about the Iron Man experience and the worst thing you yeah, thought this, about. Yeah, this will be a quick, uh, quick. Old yeah, this normally yeah. takes only about twenty minutes to uh, half an hour tops, and. Um, so uh, this is uh, Dark Side of the Moon nearly said Invasion of the Police Snatchers yeah, again fucking hell man I'm conditioned after October so many episodes <laughs> but um, so this is Dark Side of the Moon and uh, we got Ben Galley we'll be right after the, uh, back right after the break and a word from our sponsors I know that you've all been prepared for this but I thought I'd just remind you just the same can you handle that game over man game over what the fuck are we gonna do now what are we gonna do pure evil I want to buy some uh, radio ad time. Welcome back from the break. This is Dark Side of the Moon, and uh, we're here with Ben Galley. And Ben, before we went to the break, we were talking uh, about Iron Man. We went back to the start of the MCU, and we broke down all the different things and the different uh, the, the different kind of like um, pieces of fabric that kind of weave together and made the Iron Man experience what it was. But like it, to put us uh, as as fans we like to put ourselves in the director's chair from time to time like they say the Monday, uh, Monday morning quarterback they like to say in America and we like say over in here like the Monday morning manager or whatever but like uh, when you look at Iron Man and like the thing is you, as a fan you like to hypothesize or is that, is that right? I think I did <laughs> we'll go with it <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a very loose grasp on the English language and I like to say fancy words sometimes I'm not sure if I'm using it in the right context <laughs> But like we like to put ourselves, in, <laughs> <laughs> we like to put ourselves in the director's chair, and like uh, in this section we call it "What if?" What if we were the director of Iron Man instead of in place of John Favreau? What we would have done differently? And Ben, when you look back over the Iron Man experience, what mm. thing would you've changed, or what thing would you like to have seen done differently, or altered, or what characters would you like to have seen introduced that weren't, or given more screen time and such? Hmm. I'd have liked to seen. I mean, it's very difficult because I wouldn't have changed a lot. It is like, like we said, you know, one of the top Marvel films. It is a fantastic origin story, um, and I think again like kind of the entry and the portrayal of Tony Stark is brilliant so I probably wouldn't have changed any of the characters I might have taken Don Cheadle actually <laughs> well, at least but you yeah, would have had taken Don Cheadle you know you wouldn't have had the yeah just yeah the, it would have been constant all the way through 
it would have suited my OCD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like when you get a sequel and like either the publisher's logo is like an inch higher than the other ones, or it's like a slightly a larger size. And you're like, God damn it! No, <laughs> you put it on my shelf. It's like I hate um, change. That's, yeah, like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Absolutely loathe it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I think. Mm, I might have kind of put, I would have pushed the timing of it. I think, you know, they were trying to make a, a solid kind of, uh, you know, hour and a half, was it? Yeah, literally almost an hour and a half, isn't it? Um, a, you know, hour and a half film or something like that. Or is it slightly longer? No, no I think it runs like 218, two I think. Oh, does that? Oh, sweet. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I'd have made it like maybe 225, 230. Um, and I just could have like basically just spent maybe a little more time on Obadiah just to kind of get the, the kind of depth of his betrayal a little mm. bit more. Um, get more than Lex Luthor. I kind of length- That's it. I would have lengthened the fight, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, I would have kind of made that something that's a way more of a struggle. Um, and it's sort of Iron Man really kind of graduating. You know, it's almost like the, yeah. even though he's like kind of near death, but I want him more near death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, need overcoming the you, need, um, you need overcoming the odds. I thought it was amazing exactly. how much power you got from 7% battery life. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, anybody yeah. that's had a phone, my phone goes to 7%. Mm. My phone's like, I'm out. I'm yeah. like, but you had 7%. My phone's like, I'm out, dude. I'm, out. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, what the <laughs> Where's the other 6%? My phone's like, I'm out. It's like, come on. I just, when I was watching that back today, I was oh, like, man. oh my God, how is he running that suit on 7% power? It makes no sense to me. No. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, the thing is, I, I wouldn't change very little. I think, uh, am I answering best parts and worst parts yet? Or is that what it is? Yeah, no, 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 that's the last, that's the last thing. No, right, just what, yeah. what, what would you change? Yeah, I mean, one of the, I think the, the best parts for me, I think that the, the bits I absolutely wouldn't change um, is the fact that they just laid out, you know, again, it's probably down to John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. as well, but the character of Tony Stark himself. And there's a line from it, which is, I'm going to try and get right. Uh, it's the bit where he's showing off the Jericho um, missile. And yeah. he says something along the lines of, uh, my father always said, um, peace only comes... If you've got, oh, I'm going to mix it with the biggest stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, I had the quote. Dad, they say, the um, quote he, the he says, um, they say that the best weapon is the weapon you never have to fire. But I say that the best right, weapon you have, have to fire once. The only weapon you have to fire once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So there's a, oh, where's, okay. So there's another quote where he talks about his father. It's like, my father always said something like, peace is about having the biggest stick. Yeah. Um, I think that's the previous one. And that is the the whole driving factor all the way through the films. Anyone that Tony Stark is in or even the ones that like he has an effect on, even the Spider-Man films and things like that, after he's gone, it's all about the biggest weapon. That's why he keeps driving himself almost to insanity in Iron Man 3. That's why he creates, you know, the nano suit and thinks, you know, he and wants Ultron, to arm around so, the world in yeah. Civil War. Ultron, exactly. Mm. Um, God, and even, the God, everything, everything was so redundant. Once yeah, that's it. Play, it was everything was so redundant. Wasn't the, well, the quote about his father? Wasn't that kind of nearly paraphrasing? Was it? Uh, uh, was it Del- uh, Frederick Delano Roosevelt? Is that his name? Is that his name? Right, FDR. Uh, yeah. FDR. But wasn't his uh, famous quote? Wasn't it's like uh, speak softly or carry a big stick or something? Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's a great quote. Something like that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think you know that that's one thing that just I mean we talk about you know forward planning and not having to retcon much at all. Yeah. Um, they nailed like that that was nailed from from day one film one it was like right this this is going to be his arc and it's just it's perfect i think it's it stayed true to that all the way through even when it's been like iron man 3. <laughs> yeah he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, ar- he's like story that. arc reactor 
if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, ooh, what would I say? Worst bits? I don't know. I find Raza pretty to toothless in yeah. terms of. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from my editor's yeah. sound. That's it. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Raza or Raza is um, yeah. He's he's toothless as a villain or an initial villain that you think is going to be main villain. I know he's literally just like you know a, a kind of a step on the ladder for Fierce a stain. Yeah, but yeah. I thought he was going to be the Mandarin initially. Yeah, I want him fierce. Exactly. Yeah, I thought mm. he was going to be like you know someone high up in that. But I, yeah, I want him. Even though he did have that scene where he's kind of almost tortured Jensen. What more? I want more. I want like you know him fighting over there. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd figure that out later. Um, worst bits I would say hmm it's really hard (laughs) it's not a good point it should be a hard question but I'm sorry Ben the one rule over here at MDK is no fence in motherfucker (laughs) that's like our one rule we have very little rules I like it Um, yeah fuck it I don't know I would have made the suit blue and yellow no I'm joking (laughs) Uh, I won't have it, Ben. I won't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, I I think the comedy was on the right edge. Um, Maybe more. I suppose the the montage of the building was kind of... He did leap pretty high from or far from just basically like blowing himself into the wall and be like i can fly in this kind of like skeleton boot thing that i've got to like here's a fully working silver Mm. one so i think it could have been pretty funny uh just kind of building that up a little bit but it's definitely not the worst part (laughs) it's not the best parts yeah um i love the way the movie's so good you're looking for it it's so good he's looking for negatives he's just highlighting more positives yeah (laughs) that's how good the movie is the opposite is like if you were to talk about Batman versus Superman you kind of go like you know what were the negatives and you kind of just Martha. take this deep breath you know yeah. <laughs> have you got 15 more minutes oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, literally we need another podcast for the, all the things I would change about all the DC films <laughs> yeah you know uh, what well, I mean yeah you joke uh, but that is the cool. kind of thing that we would probably end up doing yeah uh, it sounds like Ben just committed to another podcast <laughs> yeah it just me, sounds man. to me like <laughs> oh, oh well yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh dear yeah oh, now, now that we have you I think <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just go, yeah, record two back to back. But yeah, I think it's it's yeah, I mean, yeah, the when for instance I love the Christian Bell ones, but there's a lot wrong with definitely the third one. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Man? Pretty good. Second one is a little <laughs> second one's pretty fucking fantastic to be honest. Mm, yeah. Um but either way, you know, with that I'd still have a lot more, even with those pretty damn good, probably the best DC yeah. films out there that at least I've seen. Do you there's think still a lot to change? Iron Man, I'm struggling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do you good. do you think the reason you'd have more to change when it comes to Batman, not because Batman has more flaws in the movie, but because it's more of a treasured source material to you personally? I, hmm, it's interesting because I mean Batman again was one of those cartoons I mean it was X-Men Spider-Man Batman and Iron Same. Man with the, the like, animated series yeah mm. they, they, oh, it's brilliant <laughs> I still watch it I was only watching it a couple like, months ago yeah I loved it and I think it's great and, you know that was kind of like the the you know the dawn well not the dawn I'm not that old but you know the dawn of children's you put on your Spider-Man you know, and stuff like that and he was Fox obviously I, was it not uh, that was it yeah mm. <laughs> and we had uh, like um, oh, what's the other one I'm trying to think of there was the, the Godzilla spin-off as well the animated series with Godzuki as well. was fantastic Godzilla and Godzuki yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was fantastic and then obviously with all the classic stuff like things like Top Cat and um, you know Scooby-Doo all of that yeah, Top Cat. Yeah, we yeah, I love that I want to go back Officer Devil yeah 
Um, but like, 100%. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think those the like that was piece of the source material that kind of really, really just like stuck with it. So Batman has always been a favorite, yeah. apart from the fact you know like Iron Man has no problem with like killing people, <laughs> yeah, and just blasting people you know into walls and stuff or like putting yeah, a missile yeah. in a tank. Um, and I think it's it's I prefer that because it's more of a flawed hero. Yeah. He's like Batman's like incredibly moral. He's definitely more kind of you know along a different square on the alignment matrix, yeah. and so. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's good. It's he's up there with my favorites, um, Christian Bale and um, ah, the director Chris Nolan yeah. did um, fantastic job with it. Of course, he's Ledger, R.I.P. Best Joker ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was great when Chris Nolan just... made movies that were coherent as well. <laughs> Chris Nolan's like, I'm going to invert the <laughs> shit out of everything now. Are you, Chris? <laughs> Can you give me a little bit more like coherent narrative structure? Like, and maybe don't call your main character the protagonist and call your villain the antagonist because that's lazy as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's yeah, just like it's like we'll get to it. In... Draft yeah. 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 We'll get back to it later. That's the yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> but um, so uh, no, we heard. I'll tell you what, though, I love that fight scene in that film. In, 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 um, in Tenet, that, Tenet, yeah, the inverted fight scenes. Oh, so good! Yeah, I need to watch it again or like three times, maybe yeah. to get a full kind of explanation of it. I, I think you need to sit I think down you need to and watch it. With Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's your only goal. Director's commentary on it. Yeah. 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 It's like, get him to explain what the fuck is going on. What the fuck is this about? Yeah. Yeah, I get it's inverted, Chris, but like, come on, just give me a little bit more than that. Like, stop saying inverted and give me some context. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, light should go out of your eyes. It's weird. But, um, so no, we heard, (laughs) we heard what Ben uh, thought uh, would change and he's sitting on the fence like a mother fucker but uh, and we heard what he do- what he loved about the movie but um so noel if you were in place of john favreau hallowed be thy name hallowed be thy name but um so you're in place of john favreau you're going to be the- <laughs> he makes good shit man i just love good shit you know what i mean like but um so what do you make of uh what would you change sorry of in terms of the iron man story and and how would you like uh what was your best and worst of the iron man experience uh, well, I'd say if there was one thing to change, and it's a small thing, and again, it's to be nitpicky, I would have liked when he showed up, when he fought the enemies, I would have liked him to be, you know, he does end up killing a lot of them, but I would have mm. liked him to have Kill him rage. Dead. I mean, real blood-curdling mm. rage. I would have loved to see Iron Man in his absolute yeah. darkest coming out of that cave. Mm. You know, not not charming, mm. not, 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 um, like not super man, tanned, but like, I mean, or kind of dark um, I just thought that would have been a really good mm. for for darkness, and there was enough of levity through it that it would have balanced it out. Yeah. Um, but like again, that's to be nitpicky. Mm. I love this movie so much. I think the best, easily, Robert Downey Jr. and everything he touched. He was flawless in this film. The suit yeah. was awesome. The casting. He was a, a excellent casting, and it was a difficult time for his personal life, and I think that helped a flawed man playing a flawed yeah. character. Yeah. Um, it's like what Ben said earlier. It's like the reason he was uh, chosen in the role is because he's that kind of dude that's lived as the party exactly guy. Right, he's, yeah. he's been in. He the, is him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he is yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah. That's why he was an engineer. Too, he was you know? a genius level engineer. Mm. And um, I think of mm. worse again, you would be nitpicky, but I think I, I might just just piggyback on the. Um, sorry, what was the name of the guy who was the leader of the Ten Rings? Uh, ben, you said his name. What was it? Raz. Uh, Raza. 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 Yeah, Raza as well. I, I think he should struck a, a more evil tone kind of like you said um that uh because like, like obadiah there was i, lo- I love these indifference 
he was just like killing or not mm. killing whatever suited his his purposes at the time and i love that like mm. completely disconnected man of industry he just he doesn't yeah, care about you you're less yeah. than pawns to him yeah, like, know, like you know he was like a rockefeller or something yeah Raza. He has all of the yeah. men shot. And he doesn't even look back. Mm. He's just going back to his, nah. his his helicopter or jet or whatever. And um, so I love that. I want to change a thing. Technology has always been your people's weakness. Every line he delivers well. Mm. But I would have liked uh, Ten Race to strike a darker tone. They see, like at the end of it all, they got taken out by Tony Stark and they got taken out by Obadiah. Um, I think they just mm. ended up being a bit of a goofy filler yeah villain mid-range character mm. mid-range so villain I thought, yeah. I thought you could have done yeah you, know, you would have made him a bit darker and it would have been, you could have had tony stark a little bit angrier but that's that that's nitpick and mm. the best is obviously tony stark and the worst is that yeah and i think the main the main uh what was your what if what if yeah what would you have changed because you just gave me your best and worst oh yeah i was just saying i would have had him coming out at oh, that, that was your what if yeah, yeah. <laughs> two boys friends sitting what the fuck <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, you, you finish us you finish us off today all right good cool. dirt yeah. <laughs> i do I not agree to this <laughs> <laughs> hands above the belt lines gentlemen <laughs> um but um yeah, what I would have changed was if, uh, if, and what if I was the director would have been, I would have given Rhodey a bit more screen time. I, um, I think the movie's yeah. the movie's long okay. enough that the origin story and I, I clocked it because, and, and when Ben mentioned that, like it felt like a true origin movie, but and it was about an hour before we got to see Iron Man in the Mark II suit. I think that could have been forty five to forty eight minutes and give me about ten, twelve more minutes of Rhodey. Yeah. And their and his relationship mm. with Tony Stark, and I think uh, the character would have benefited greatly because we see with Don Cheadle later on. Even though I, p- I feel that Terrence Howard's got a stronger portrayal of the character, that he's given a lot more screen time at times with Tony Stark, and we get to really see that relationship develop throughout the movies. And I think that we could have actually seen it develop a lot more from the get go if you just given maybe them another five or ten minutes screen time. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of like a two hour movie, it's pretty much like I don't know, one. I'm shit, man. It was like. 120 of the overall time. Well, uh, producer in my ear telling me I'm an idiot. <laughs> but um, yeah, if I look back, I think Rhodey could have done with a bit more screen time. I, I'm a big fan of Terrence Howard. Loved him in Hustle and Flow and Crash, like Ben mentioned earlier. And like he's such a well-rounded uh, character actor, same as Robert Downey Jr. And that's why they played so well. You had two very strong character actors playing, uh, had a lot of having a lot of fun with the role. And I just think their mm. chemistry, just like Pepper Potts' chemistry with Tony Stark, is one of the major strengths and major backbone of the entire movie. And it just would have mm-hmm. even strengthened the movie even more. And we maybe got to the Mark II a little bit earlier if we'd have got seen a little bit more screen time. But even if you want to keep the Mark II at an hour and give me 10 more minutes of Rhodey, I'm completely happy with that. Like, you know what I mean? I just think that's the only thing I would have changed because, you know, Terrence Howard, I'm just a big fan. I think he was in the peak of his powers there. I haven't seen a lot of that show. What's it called? Power, is it? Yeah. What's that one he does? Where he's like a music thing or something? Yeah, I don't know what it's yeah, called. Uh, Empire. Oh. Empire. Empire. Yeah. But um, I, I assume he's probably gone on to great uh, strengths in that show and he's probably at the peak of his powers now. But right then, it seemed like, you know, around the time of Hustle and Flow and that, that oh, he's the, at the, the peak of his powers. Is, yeah, yeah exactly. And just felt like he was, yeah, he was like, they were going to be the, the columns that the MCU was going to be 
put on top of. Yeah. It felt like that at the start, and just to see him be changed, um, being recast with Don Cheadle because something so like stupid as money when Marvel have so much of it. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's disappointing that we didn't get to see more uh, screen time, and then later on, obviously, he gets recast. But like my best uh, in terms mm. of the Iron Man movie experience would be the suit and how the suit uh, was uh, conveyed on the screen. It looked real. It looked like it was being worn. It looked like it mm -hmm. existed yeah. in the present. Like, and even yeah. later on when you had that gigantic uh, uh, Ironmonger suit, that looked real. It looked like technology that not only mm -hmm. could, uh, could exist, but looks like technology that does exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think one thing with John Favreau was making a movie, he had a big sign in the writer's room saying plausibility written across in huge writing that mm. was the code word for the entirety of the Iron Man project was plausibility and I think that's something that the MCU mm -hmm. and the Marvel movies and Iron Man itself has kind of gone away from is plausibility and I think the best thing about Iron Man in terms of its scope, scope and scale is massive of course it's an Iron Man movie but it looks so grounded and so real yeah. and looks like uh, it's like something you said mm. the other day it's like technology in the MCU is like 2022 it's 22-100 now it's like it's so far advanced yeah, yeah, that it's been nearly beyond our uh, realm of understanding <laughs> you know nano yeah, yeah, nanobots and all yeah. this shit but entire like, cities entire countries that are, that are hidden, hidden within shields, shields of yeah you know what I mean like, nanotech yeah <laughs> intergalactic travel beings like a mm, god yeah, coming yeah. down titans this time stuff, travel yeah exactly yeah, time, time travel, travel yeah, like you know exactly. so when you look at like how it's gone and how it's definitely left away, uh, left behind that keyword of plausibility that John Favreau put up in huge writing in yeah. that right room. I think Iron Man is the epitome of a plausible superhero story told on a massive scale yeah. in a real world. And I think that's the best thing I found about the Iron Man experience. And the worst thing would be, um, I think I would have, like what Ben touched on earlier was, I would have liked to see it a bit more of a climax. That action sequence at the end could have been five minutes longer. Doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of an mm. the scope of an action sequence, mm. five minutes is the world. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, no, of course it is. So, at, that, at that intensity, yeah. at that pacing, yeah. it's a lot. It yeah. is a lot. Yeah, and aside from the battery power being ridiculous, you know, 7% yeah, and he's yeah. fine around the place, whatever, Iron Man, calm down. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that I think yeah, so the best for me would be the way it grounded in its uh, superhero world in reality. And the worst would have been, I think the climax was a bit undercooked and we could have seen an extra five, maybe 10 minutes of a fight sequence. Or as uh, Ben mentioned earlier, we could have seen a bit more struggle there. You know what I mean? Like, because mm. it, it, it kind of seemed like he was having a bit too much fun in that fight sequence at the end. Because this is a guy that's supposed to be nearly dying a minute ago he's near dead the thing that's preventing him from dying is yeah. dying of power and he's like having a bit too much fun you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. it's like everything's dying dying dying, dying, dying. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah he's yeah. dying of dying yeah so i just think he's having a bit too much fun in the climax it could have given it a bit more gravitas and i know they tried to do yeah. that with the explosion of the arc reactor but i just think like he's having a little bit too much fun but um so ben before we get the fuck out of here do you have anything else you want to say about iron man or will we wrap this bitch up Ooh, what else can I say? I think we covered all. We put it yeah. to rights. Uh, <laughs> John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. John Favreau. Hello, be yeah, there. I think we did. <laughs> and then put DC to rights, and it's <laughs> a shitty coffin. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, shitty. Yeah, shitty. Like the S on the coffin is shitty. Thanks for being with us, friend. It means a lot to us. Uh, and Ben, um, so before Thank you so we... much. 
before we get out yeah. here, I want to ask you, and I want you to tell people, where can they find you? What are you doing? What have you got coming up? What have you got out with them in it? Because we know you're a very busy man. And man, I look at your word counts and I'm like, this motherfucker must have five hands because you're so busy. And I want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. This guy must be like, oh, Octavius. Ta, 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 ta. Four laptops on the go or something. It's like a, <laughs> like a grandmaster penis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Roll a book while he's on the podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> in that five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in that break. That's <laughs> So Ben, yeah. you're so busy. My and father is part octopus. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the squid game. Where can uh, you find you, Ben? Yeah, so Ben, find you. What, what have you got yeah. out right now, and what have you got coming up? Yeah, oof, uh, I am busy. To be honest, I, I love being busy to my own detriment sometimes. But yeah, so I'm currently wrapping up uh, the brand new series, The Skeleton Chronicles, which is uh, a sequel to the Emanesca series. It's Norse, it's dark, it's uh, full of quests, full of magic dragons, it's brutal. Uh, not quite grim dark, it's got a lot of humor in it, um, but it is, yeah, very kind of uh, very action based dark <laughs> fantasy. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, yeah i love it it's great fun to write <laughs> um and yeah so that's kind of being wrapped up at the moment i've got to write the third one i've got a new book coming out which i've co-written with david estes um yep. the author of the fate mark saga that's avatar meets venom and uh yeah it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun it's, it's unlike any book i've ever written to be honest and so yeah that should be coming out hopefully next year uh, what else? I've got a Kickstarter going on at the moment. So I'm taking my very first book, The Written, turning it into an illustrated hardcover. And that is, yeah, currently um, 260% funded and still going. We've got 24 <laughs> days left. 260% so, funded. Plenty of time. It's like I, that scene I, I, in Avengers where Iron um, Man gets hit with Tours of Lightning. Yeah. You are 1,000% capacity. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> Just blast yeah. A little bit. I mean, to be honest, I'm been blown away to be honest i didn't really um yeah i didn't really expect to be this funded this quickly um but yeah hard work paying to, off you know, man but well yeah, i think yeah it's the cover design the artwork by dennis cornev cover design by rachel sinclair art well it's, it's the decade that, so man it's the decade of hard work that you put in you grow on a fan base you grow on a readership and they see the hard work exactly. that you put in and they see your stories are there and they're like they're well fleshed out universes they keep coming back for more and that's why it's like it's your hard work and your vision the way you create your stories that's why you got funded the way you did man and that's th that's the well, best thing you can I'll do I'll tell you that Vinny thank you yeah <laughs> thank you so much man thanks for spending the time yeah, with us, I mean absolutely yeah it's been a great pleasure and uh, yeah if you want to find me I'm at bengali.com all my stuff is there uh, or linktree forward slash bengali uh, but yeah thank you guys it's been a great fun great discussion it's been fun just like shredding <laughs> and also uh, yeah pimping films <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it thanks Ben thanks, thanks Ben alright uh, so alright folks uh, this is Dark Side of the Moon that was Bengali I'm your host Vincent Green I'm your host Alton too we got Karen Mack in the back and we'll see you next time motherfuckers thanks Ben for coming to uh, the Potty Snatcher studio uh, sorry fuck it damn it Dark Side Studio. Damn it, Potty Snatcher it almost great. got through. Nearly Perfect. got through it. Never, no, never will. But um, thanks for coming down and spending <laughs> some time with us talking Iron Man and uh, revisiting the past of the MCU. And um, we'll see you next time, motherfuckers. A pleasure.